Alrighty, guys, welcome back to Brolosophy. Here we are. We have a new show for you guys today that you're going to love. Before we jump into that show, we want to support the people that support us. So, who supports us? Well, True Protein support us. True Protein are the best supplement company in Australia. Take it from me, there's only. Oh, there's only 385 of them and I've tried them all and I've seriously, seriously done the work. And I know for a fact, 100% sure, 100%, 100% take it from me that True Protein are the best. Um, so if you trust me and you should because as I said, tried them all. Then go to trueprotein.com.au, use the code BRO at checkout and you'll get 10% off. We're also brought to you by Yeti. So why is Yeti worth it, guys? They're a premium outdoor brand that's making some serious noise in the Australian marketplace. They're a new standard for coolers and the two hard cooler models, the Tundra and the Roadie, are at the forefront of their mission. Why is a Yeti worth it? It is a high quality cooler that you'll never have to replace. A freezer quality gasket and supreme insulation join forces to deliver unmatched heat and ice retention. These coolers have been attacked by bears, chucked out of moving trucks, hit by semis, dropped out of planes and are still game for more. Sounds like they would probably beat Superman in a fight. And... They have a five-year warranty on all, on all coolers, providing proof that the product lives up to customers' expectations. So Yeti became a, a, a partner of ours because I work from a co-working space that Yeti worked from, and I'm good buddies with um, the head of Australia uh, and the marketing guy in Australia also, just good guys. And the company is so amazing that they've just hit the shores in Australia and New Zealand. Um, they've been operating in the US for years and years and years and they're rapidly, rapidly growing and can't keep up with, their, uh, with the pace of their growth <clears throat> because the product is so good. How do products grow? Marketing is a way <clears throat> to promote a really great product and make it grow faster. Marketing doesn't do it all for you. You have to have a fantastic product and Yeti are growing at bonkers rates because their product is just a 10 out of 10. So if you want coolers, guys, outdoor gear, um, anything outdoor, then head to au.yeti.com forward slash bro and check out their range. Lastly, this show is brought to you by Athena. So what is Athena, guys? So Athena is basically a way for small business to scale their team to help them get more time back in their life and more money in their bank account. So how would we do that? <clears throat> so in business, not all tasks are created equal. So in all small business, there's a lot of tasks that are of administrative nature, repetitive nature, um, stuff that's not on the absolute top priority list of the, 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 the key drivers that are gonna move the business forward, but they need to be done every week. So what we do is we find extremely talented freelancers and we plug them into our clients' businesses to help them really take the things off their plate so they can focus on the higher value tasks. That's not all we do though. We also recruit uh, specialists for specialist roles. So if you want a, uh, an audio video, sorry, an audio video producer, if you want an SEO writer, if you want someone who's worked in HR, if you want an inventory manager, if you want an Amazon e-commerce um, weapon, then we can find them. We've got them ready to go waiting. So um, working with us is going to cut your costs locally of, uh, of hiring somebody locally for by probably one third or one quarter of the price. And that's what small businesses need. Small business is basically, or entrepreneurs I should say, are the people that are trying to change the world, shape the world that we live in, trying to do things better. And it's bloody hard, you know, businesses fail all the time. They fail within their first year, most of them. And and we're out to make sure that that doesn't happen. We're, we're out to support small business, support the people that are trying to, you know, shape the world that we live in. And we're able to do that by giving them a cost-effective, awesome team member to help them scale. So 
if you want 20 hours free of virtual assistant services, I actually hate the term virtual assistant, but for lack of a better term, if you want 20 hours free with a, with a team member through Athena, head to athena.co, that's A-T-H-Y-N-A. Use the code BRO when you inquire and uh, we'll go from there. Anyway, guys, here's the show. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. Welcome back to Brolosophy. I'm here with Ash Williams today. So Ash is a comedian, actor, podcaster. What else would you call yourself, mate? Son. Son. Um, uncle now. Shout out to my niece, Scarlett. Uh, she doesn't talk at the moment. She's actually... She should be walking by now. I'm concerned. Oh, really? How well, old is she? She's uh, six months, but oh, we just want... behind the eight Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want... She um, walking on her hands, maybe. Walking back. Well, at least it? have a job. But I want, <laughs> um, I want my niece to be advanced. Mm-hmm. And my brother's all about that because mm-hmm. he's... Um, He's a medical doctor and he just wants her to be like the number one draft pick for everything. So yeah, right. um, we're all concerned. We're all worried. Yeah, but, no. um, well, you've got to put heaps of pressure on her early, I reckon. I am. That's the easiest, way to, easiest like, way to pull her into line. Yeah, I'm a stage uncle. You've got stage dads. <laughs> I, I just, I want her to be like, I know she's going to be a top model. And I yeah, don't say that like as uh, a joke. <laughs> so she's so beautiful. Um, and I can say that because she's, She's my niece. Yeah, yeah. You're so right I think she's going to. It would get... be strange for me to say it, especially beautiful and especially six months old. Yeah, beautiful. I think beautiful is as far as you can go with the compliments. Can't say sexy, can you? Definitely not. <laughs> no, no, that'd be weird. Um, anyway, so so uh, yeah, so we got Ash in here today, um, mate. Tell um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How would you explain yourself? I would explain myself as someone who's just living life. Um, without going too much into it. Um, I do comedy, I do stand-up, I do radio. I haven't had like a full-time job in 10 years. The last full-time job I had was at Nova uh, in Melbourne, just around the corner from here. But yeah, man, I've kind of just been like, um, I've had a bit of luck. I could have some more luck and I'm just trying to create funny things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I'm like uh, a first player, like it's like I'm playing a video game. Yeah. It's like um, what's that? What's that video game? Um, Fortnite? No, no. Yeah, I don't know. In the second, battle. I don't. Yeah, anyway, Fortnite, I think is. Anyway, where you play the video game? I'm playing that, but with my life. Mm, cool. So um, it stresses my mum out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's her job. <laughs> she's she's very concerned, but um, <laughs> yeah, she's cool. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. So um, that's cool. It's a cool life that you've carved out for yourself. So where did it all start? Like, what's your background? Where are you from? Like, yeah, um, you background. Obviously, went to school. Um, I did marketing, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I did marketing, and then um, still didn't know what I wanted to do when I left mm-hmm. uh, Deakin University, which is in um, Burwood, if you know it. It's a good one. It's near the Red Rooster there. Mm-hmm. And um, so then afterwards, I thought, you know what? I need some breathing time. So I moved to Perth. I started um, show business, if you will. I actually uh, started as a G-string waiter, mm-hmm. and I did that for about three months until I was uh, I was chased out of town. Everyone's entry to uh, the showbiz. Well, yeah, industry. a lot of people now aren't doing G-string. G-string's Perth. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, like people do like um, you know brief waitering, you know, in yeah, your bonds yeah, undies yeah. and stuff. That's a paid post. But um, <laughs> no, I did the G-banger stuff, and I was incidentally wearing bonds. But uh, and then I came back to Melbourne, worked in marketing, worked in events, and when I was about twenty-five, I was like, I want to be on TV or something mm-hmm. like that. So I started mm-hmm. doing. Bits and bobs, did some promo work around here actually. I used to work for Pepsi Max. G-string again? Under the Pepsi gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, right. I still had it. And, um, and then, I don't know, man, I just kind of gradually 
I then got an opening at Nova to do some voiceovers when I was about 27. Maybe less. Maybe I was about 25. Started doing yeah, voiceovers. Yeah. Then they said, oh, do you want to do some street teen stuff? Do, then do you want to do night radio? Do you want to do weekend radio? And I kind of just, you know how it is. You just got to keep moving a little bit. Yeah. Well, to be perfectly honest, it's quite interesting because when I, um, I was flicking around looking for guests we could get on the show in Melbourne because I don't like getting, I don't, we don't do Skype guests. So I just like having interesting conversations face to face, you know? Sure. And I, um, I saw, I only listened to a small portion of it, but I saw you on the um, the Today Show, uh, not the Today Show, it's a podcast to young lads, I haven't listened to it. Oh yeah, yeah, Daily Talk Show. The Daily Talk Show, yeah. that's it. And I was like, Ash Williams, I remember Ash Williams, what's mm. he doing with himself these days? And I started going back through like mm. what you've been doing lately and where you've been at, because I remember, um, I remember you as the Nova present. you used to be like, um, you used to be like the, we- you used to give weather updates or something. Uh, at Nova right back in the day and then, I, and then they're like uh, they were kind of like this Ash bloke's actually pretty funny yeah. we need to get him involved a bit more and then you became like part of the show and then you had your own show and it was actually I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen the progression that's why yeah. I wanted to get you on the show because I knew you were over in LA doing mm. you know and it's just a cool story of like I guess persistence and like like you said crafting your own life that you, that you want to live I guess yeah absolutely I think it's being aware of opportunities and then either taking that step or not and I'm always someone who will take the step so then um, a big kind of um, sliding doors moment was working with Husey and Kate at Nova and that's what you're talking about when I was doing the weather updates yeah I used to listen to uh, Husey and Kate every morning and then they gave me a little bit more rope to tell stories and they're like this guy's a bit of a fucking weird unit (laughs) and then I just I was lucky because then I kind of I got to to learn from the best um, Mm. you know on mic off mic they're their pros so i had to really kind of bring myself up to speed um not just as a performer but as like a person because they would kate langbrook would say words to me and i I literally wouldn't know what the fuck it was so i I would i used to have a a piece of a4 paper i don't think she knew i did this and i used to write down all the words i didn't understand and by the end of the three hours i had like 50 fucking words (laughs) and then i'd go home and google yeah that's right (laughs) And then you'd find a thesaurus to find words that you can actually pronounce that I like those words. Right, there's so many. And there's so many sayings that she says. And, yeah. um, and then I would say them, but no one would understand them. And I'm like, yeah, oh, good, yeah. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, man. And then uh, that was awesome. And that's when I started doing stand-up about 2010, 2011. Um, and I moved to LA in 2012. Mm-hmm. So that was just, again, I kind of finished up at Nova. I wanted to do other things. And I thought I'd be able to get my own show at Nova. They're like, leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, we've got your ticket. Yeah, uh, leaves yeah, at about yeah. uh, 6 Security is going to be... We want to get there at 4.30 because yeah. it's on the other side of the yeah. you you, know You're what? out of here, bro. You, you know when you get like fired or you quit, security walks you out and you got to pack yeah. up all your shit? Yeah. I didn't have any shit there. So they just said, <laughs> look, as you are, get out. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, And I remember I was like, what am I going to do? I got nothing really to do. So mm-hmm. I thought, why not move to LA? Mm-hmm. So I moved to LA. I was there for three years, did a lot of fun things, did some stories I'm still collating and calibrating. Mm. I got so much material there Mm. because of the circumstance I was in, Mm -hmm. you know, because I literally didn't have any money. I spent all of my radio money and then um, I had like 400 bucks in the bank. When you landed in LA? No, no, no. When I landed, I had like, um, I think it was about 15,000. Yep. And I pumped through that like in about three months, like a hero. Like I was just (laughs) like... I just thought I'd get discovered. That LA life. Yeah, I thought I was going to kill it. And um, I didn't end up, you know, becoming DiCaprio within three months. So you didn't I was end like, up killing it. No, but I still had hope. Yeah, yeah. And sure. um, well, you're having a crack. Yeah, so then I was just like, just keep your, uh, keep your foot in the game. And then I started working, um, similarly to the G String Waiter in Perth, I started working as a waiter at the gay bar mm-hmm. in LA. And that became. Like it was a secret at first. Fuck, you'd have some stories from the gay bar, wouldn't you? Well, gay so many men. And <laughs> I didn't want anyone to know about that because oh, I was like, oh. I've got stories from, I've got about seven or eight stories from the two hours I spent inside a gay bar in Melbourne one night. Oh, which one? You know what I mean? Oh, I actually don't know the name of it. It's, um, it's not Poof Doof. Not Poof Doof. Poof Doof's, um, Poof Doof's on... Oh, no, on, no, no, on, no. It, they, there's one on the corner in St Kilda on Nepean Highway and I was in there one night. Yeah. And um, I walked in there and me and... A buddy of mine, two female buddies of mine, and my gay mate who was there to go see a friend of his or whatever. We, yep. went, in there, we went in there with him. And I, I tell you what, it would be right to be gay. And I tell you why. 
Yeah. You can recklessly, without any sort of abandon, just grab mm. another bloke on the fucking gonads right yeah. at the bar and yeah. it's totally sweet. Fucking earth, bro. Dude, Jack bang. each other off on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, no, dude. Being gays, like, you know what? They're living life. <laughs> They're like, living their best life. Yeah, there used to be, um, like, literally in this street, I think, there used to be Peel, or maybe it's the street over Peel. Oh, Mr. Peel. Uh, yeah, Peel Street is, uh, sorry, Mr. Peel's a uh, cafe. Mr. Peel Street's Peel, one yeah. over. Oh, yeah. Different guy. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember going into Peel Nightclub once with um, my then girlfriend because she was catching up with her gay mate and she's like I'll see you back here in like 10 minutes and I thought okay get a drink and I went walking up the levels because there are different levels and then like the top, I think the top level is like a s- dudes just fucking and it was like dudes just on swings like they're like um, no they're, they're sex swings <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they've still got it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I haven't hung around here that much no, uh, I'm gonna it's Friday night so well, yeah. what is it it's after 12 now yeah 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 it's, it's, we're uh, probably on now yeah, well, because I don't think they they even roll by the same kind of time clock as we do. No, no, no. It's like the old um, <laughs> alcohol thing. It's it's five pm somewhere. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's midnight somewhere. That's too. right. It's gay yeah. clock somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get into it. Um, and they've got grinder, but let's leave the let's leave the totally, um, let's totally. That, that, yeah. That, so, that um, but, but yes. yeah, man. Just just finishing the the gay bar thing. I didn't want anyone to know about that job, so I didn't tell anyone. And then I realized that I was telling this story to my friends, and they were like pissing themselves they're like oh my god is that what you actually do I'm like yeah and then I was talking to my other mate and I think either he said it or I realised I should be telling this story in stand up so then by doing a lot of these really weird jobs they then became the material for the stand up yeah for sure and that was a huge moment for me because I could just kind of just speak about my life which is what I was doing but my a lot of the stand up I was doing at the time wasn't as storytelling yeah it was more like joke 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 yeah which anyone can do. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Storytelling's way better. Um, my favorite comedian in the world, two of my favorite comedians, but I was going to say my favorite comedian in the world right now is Theo Vaughn. Yep. And he just tells stories. Yeah, Theo's pretty loose. Most of which seem most of which seem made up. Yeah. Until somehow he manages to back him up on his podcast. Like they're not no, not they're, that they're many actually made up. It's No, it's they're real, man. That dude's a fucking um <laughs> He's a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's so great. And then another one of my um, oh, actually, he's a more bit more joke writerish, but also tells really good stories. Is Sebastian Maniscalco? Oh no, he's great. He's also yeah. very physical. Yeah, that's right. He's a performer. Yeah, he's a real yeah, yeah, performer. No, Sebastian was always going to be good. Um, well, it's easy to say that now. We don't know if you know retrospective um, knowledge is 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 always easy. Yeah, yeah. but like. I, remember, I was watching this just two nights ago. If you're a Sebastian Maniscalco fan, you watch the uh, the 30 Days and 30 Nights with Vince Vaughn, the, the Wild Wild West comedy tour. Oh, yeah. I'll so Vince Vaughn took like um, four or five relative unknowns. Sebastian was probably the most unknown mm-hmm. and he that was his first kind of break. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't kill, yeah. but at least he kept working hard and he, he was... He was on the right map, if you, yeah. know, yeah. you know what I mean. He's heading in the yeah. right direction. For sure. Well, I've heard him talk about... Um, his kind of comedy and his career projection over um, the last however many, 10, 15, 20 years. And because he now sells out. Yeah. He sold out Madison Square yeah. Garden four shows in a row. Yeah. That's psychopathic. That like, is yeah. unbelievable. That's Eddie Murphy's style. Yeah. You know? Dude, it's and, unbelievable. Yeah. So, because you know, I love stories like that. Theo's the same. I saw Theo in Australia um, last year. And I remember because I was following him th- through, saw him on a Rogan podcast two and a half years ago stumbled upon his podcast I was like this bloke's fucking mm. unbelievable but even at that stage like he had no following whatsoever and he's skyrocketing you know you just got to get that lucky break I feel like what do you think was Theo's lucky break oh you really want to know yeah Joe Rogan yeah okay no no I didn't know but like you would think that yes I, I think so I think so because he had everything ready to go he just wasn't really discovered in the right way I yeah. guess I feel like so yeah. And then anyone that gets their foot in the door with a Rogan podcast, if you're worth your salt, whatever yeah, you're doing, totally. And you're not, and then most people aren't really there to promote; they're just there to have a conversation and so forth. But yeah. once you get your foot in the door, there, if you're, if people are genuinely, if you've got stuff that people should be interested in, yeah, then totally, you're, you're off and away. I yeah. really believe that, but no, I do 100%. love him. He's, got, he's done all the hard work. One hundred percent. If you're a comedian or a performer and you've got a story to tell and you go on Rogan, Rogan will give you the paddock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you follow AFL? Yeah. There used to be a great um, parlance called Pagan's Paddock. Yeah. Uh, you know it? I yeah, love, I love Pagan's Paddock. Yeah. And so that's what they used to do with Wayne, Wayne Carey, the, yeah. the king, so to speak. They cleared the 50-meter arc. 
and they just kick it long and, and the paddock was there for Kerry. Mm-hmm. That's what Rogan will give you. Yeah. Because he doesn't do a lot. Yeah, that's right. You know, I listen to Rogan and I, I think Rogan's great, but I don't think he's that funny. I, mm. I think he's, you know, there are so many funnier people, which mm. is a kind of good scenario for a comedian going into a podcast. You're not competing. Yeah, that's right. Um, so someone like Theo or anyone who goes on that show can can really let loose. And you're doing a fucking podcast for three hours sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like you're telling... Dude, we're going to we're gonna wrap this up in 57 minutes. We're, we're not going to one hour. No, okay? no, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, know how he does it. I listen to them and it takes me like two weeks because <laughs> you're like yeah. on and then like some, you just got to fast forward the shitty bits. Well, I go, through, um, I go through periods where I'm like just devouring them one after the other after the other and then I go through periods where I'm like, I'll see one and I go three and a half hours ago. Not this month. No. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So, because I reckon, um, I actually genuinely think, because I was talking to somebody about um, podcasting and I get asked, should I start a podcast from people because they've had podcasts. I mean, I've had a podcast for a while. Yeah. And I always say to them, <clears throat> only if you want to do it for a hobby or you have plans to money. Uh, I forgot my point, but I'll tell you what no, I was no, saying. No, no, no. You're almost plans, there. Plans to, yeah, plans to, plans to monetize it through a product that you sell. Yes. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I, yeah. I tell people, you should start a podcast if you really want to do it, but don't really expect to monetize it super uh, well. Totally. Especially through sponsorship. You can monetize podcasts through selling your services. Totally. Really well. And the point, the point I was trying to get to was, um, I've listened to, because people, you know, you listen to three hours of someone in your head, mm. you fucking trust and like that person. Yes. You know what I mean? Which yes. you with a marketing background, that's half the battle one. Yeah. And then Rogan, Rogan is actually, I reckon I've heard, I reckon in the last... 10 years, an aggregate of the, the male voices I've heard inside of my earlobes, he dwarfs my father, yep. beats my brother, mm. and f- fucking is probably like more than any of my best mates. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you no. know what dude, I mean? Dude. That's a wild concept. But that's podcasting. Yeah. And so whether it's Rogan or whoever you're listening to, I try and explain this to like, and I'm sure you've tried to do this too with clients or people who want to sponsor my podcast. I'm like... First of all, I'll say, do you listen to podcasts? Because mm. if they don't, they don't understand the world mm. that we're living in. Yeah, that's right. This is someone who you're walking around with. This is someone who you trust. They're a part of your routine. Mm. Um, and that's why the uptake from podcasts is so strong because you're actually listening. Mm. So, you know, podcast promo, it's only going to build like mm. exponentially. Mm. Yeah. And it's the realest form of... It's the realest form of content, you know. Yeah, we've we've been we've gone through this era of like all of the people that we follow and and so forth. They're all celebrities that are you know the the Brad Pitts and the Johnny Depp's and the Will Smiths, all these guys and like you know LeBron James and Tom Brady and all these people that we've held in such high regard. I actually have a real problem with the whole celebrity kind of culture, but this is the best version of it because it's a real. You can't go on Joe Rogan and hide. You can't yeah. pretend that you're somebody else. You know, yeah, like, man. You can't have a threat. It's, it's just impossible. But that's why I love that because yeah, also, you great, get the storyteller comedians who, because there are so many comedians who aren't funny yeah. and you get them off stage and they can't tell a story because a lot of their routine is rote yeah. and it's almost like they're, they're an actor yeah. in their own life. Yeah. So you've got to be naturally funny or have, um, you've got to at least come from a place of honesty and from there, we're going to find out whether you're funny and not everyone can do that. Mm. So that's a real... Um, you know, Philip or Feather in the Cap for comedians to, to show everyone, hey, check this out. Mm. It's awesome. And um, yeah, there's nothing like letting people in. And yeah, look, this is like reality TV. It's a r- proper reality TV without yeah. the more editing. More real, more real yeah. than reality TV. Totally. Think of Big Brother. No, and I know. But this is what I'm saying. Without the editing. Yeah, Without the right. fucking bullshit or without that's like right. playing a role to win a prize, you know? Yeah. And I think so many people in the entertainment game are still playing a role mm. once the lights are on. I know so many 100%. fucking actors who are like pretending to be something they're not mm. just because they reckon that that um, kind of posturing or um, angle as a person, as a demographic will get them more roles. Yeah, for sure. And you couldn't do that really as a comedian. Fuck it's going to be really, it's going to be a, a tough slog. Yeah, I'll tell you what's one really interesting thing about that that whole thing you said about you know proving that you that you are actually funny. <clears throat> One of the guys we mentioned earlier, Sebastian Maniscalco. Have you ever listened to him on a podcast? Yeah, I really like him. Yeah, but his persona, from his on stage persona and his performance that he puts on, compared to him sitting down, could not be more you know yeah. chalk, and, chalk and cheese. And I, I, I just I was like 
I don't really care because when I watch him, I'm like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Sure. You know, but he's such a, he's such a reserved, quiet, he even seems shy. It's a really... Well, he's, said, he's already come out and said he's a, you know, introvert, shy yeah, person. But yeah, like, yeah. He's funny because we've already seen him be funny. Mm. If he hadn't, you know, front-loaded our brains with like, we'd like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? You'd be like, who's this boy? And you're like, this guy's not... But like, <laughs> yeah. he's still funny to listen to on the podcast and I love those real conversations. Yeah, no, me too. I, I, and I think he's a great guy. You know, and I don't need to be laughing at everything that... That's like Rogan, you know? Yeah. Rogan's, Rogan's, I don't think he's funny on his podcast. He's witty and he can be funny, yeah. but he's just an interesting dude. And that's yeah. totally fine by me. It was just like Theo, I think, is an example of someone who's funny 365 days a year, 360 degrees. Yeah. Everything about him is ridiculous. Yeah. And he, you know, even at his most realist, he's just incredibly He's nuts silly. though. He's nuts. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I've listened to, truth be told, I've only listened to Theo recently in the last like two or three weeks because yeah, I wanted gosh, to listen yeah. to like either an interview with Sebastian Maniscalco or mm-hmm. David Spade or someone like that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, he had Spade on his show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, um, epic storyteller, funny dude. So then I'm listening to Theo, and Theo's funny, but he's got so much to work on. Mm. As we all do, you've got to be working to get better and better, but I, I, I think he can be so much better in other areas, but he's great with his unique storytelling, and, and he really plays his forehand there. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's unique. He's definitely Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> but I want to see his stand-up. I would love to see his, more of his stand-up because um, all those guys, they get out a lot. They get out every night and they've got their little crew like yeah. Theo Vaughn's out with... That's um, a solid crew over Dude, there and that's, that makes it so much more fun. Like, whenever I'm doing gigs and I'm doing it with buddies, it's fucking oh, awesome. Be mad. Because it's it doesn't... Fun. Yeah, it oh, doesn't matter. Because I listen to all their podcasts. Delia, Rogan, Shaw and Callan, Theo Vaughn and that yep. crew because you know Andrew Schultz, the comedian? Yeah, yeah. I don't know him personally, but I'm yeah. now yeah, coming to see aware. He's coming to your path, yeah. So I've listened to Andrew Schultz a little bit. He's from New York, and he always talks about how he's fucking spewing he's not in LA. Oh, really? Because he'd be part of that clique. Their, their whole, like, all that little comedic group, their whole brands have just built each other's brands. Sure. You know, and just blown, blown it all up. Yeah. And it's been, and Tom Segura and, you know, yeah. all those guys to a, they're Rogan's mates to a big degree, but to a lesser with the, the, the other guys. But, um, yeah, I reckon it'd be great fun one like you said but it's also great to piggyback off each other and help each other Fuck grow because you know? well, you... that's what you would have done a lot coming up through the Nova ranks and stuff right because I was looking on your um, website and, and, and whatever earlier and I saw like you know yourself rubbing shoulders with you know the Ed Cavaliers and the and the um, the guys that did the castle those the, the, the creative team uh, and working dog yeah working dog guys and Husey and Kate like yep. that would have been great because the, the whole Nova and Melbourne comedy community is pretty tight right yeah, like yeah. in a similar way Definitely. You know, you've got to leverage from people uh, and comedians in different ways. You know, you, you leverage um, in knowledge and, and learning, but also in audience. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got to try and parallel those those audience leverages into the, the right platform, which is interesting because a lot of the people who you just mentioned are not on Instagram. I mean, yeah. Husey is, yeah. but the other guys aren't. They're like, no, you're right, yeah. they're way off it. They're mm. barely on Twitter. Mm. So... You've got to try and leverage the right audience for the right platform. And that's, you know, case by case basis. But you see, like, what Andrew Schultz is doing really well is, like, he's done that with YouTube. Yeah. And he's, like, released his special mm. um, all on YouTube or whatever he's done. You know, the, the goalposts, they're always moving. And there's mm. always an opportunity to kick a goal now. Mm. 100%. You know, the goal might but not even be an AFL. It might be soccer. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. whatever. No, but, that's right. Um, you do definitely have the, the the opportunity to build your own, build your own everything more than ever now. You know, with social media, YouTube, the yeah. podcast sphere, and stuff. You don't have to go to other external sources to build. You know, um, you you've been to, you know, Nova and 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 you know, television and so forth, and and you know, lots of people coming up through the celebrity ranks have, but also now it's moving to. You know, the people are the brands. Hmm. You know, when you've got your YouTube and podcasts, that you, yeah. can, you can really blow yourself up. So, totally. So let me ask you this though. So how, when, when did it all happen that you went from kind of general performance, you know, um, radio figure into comedy? That was only in between your stint of like at Nova Rise. Yeah, that, man. It was kind, like- kind of came into it late, you would say? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I think I was maybe 28, 29. Gotcha, yeah. Um, that just came about me 
believing I was funny. Yeah. Like I've always, you know, I've always gotten laughs and stuff ever since I was young without sounding egotistical. You know, yeah, I was yeah. just, it's always been good. No, but- you're a knucklehead. Like the people listening and watching, that they know it straight off if they don't know. You're a knucklehead. A knucklehead, yeah. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Uh, <laughs> so that's why I was like, can you just tell me nothing? Who fucks this uh, Yeah. Um, no, no, I appreciate that. Um, but, um, you know, you look back through your life and you're like, yeah, yeah, cool. There's, there's a stand-up spot. There's a stand-up spot. So I've always loved the crowd, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and then, yeah, I was doing radio and then I just thought, you know, I'm working with Husey every day and I just thought, fuck. I can do that. Mm. So I just organized a gig and then you start doing it. That's like, all, like it isn't anything. You've just got to start doing it. But stand-up's one of those things where you you need to keep doing it. Yeah. And that never really stops. Yeah. I don't think. For sure. If you want to keep getting better because you get new material and, you, and you, your style might change a bit. You've got, you get older. So yeah. you just got to keep doing it. That's and, just reps. Fucking hope it is, man. It's, 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 I can it, totally say that. That's what we call it, uh, hitting the mat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm a weightlifter. Oh, good. But like competitively, like Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. So, you know, like I'll train for, you know, six months and I'll be having my wrist set in the setup, you know, a certain way. And then I'll be like, oh, what if I fucking pulled my wrist in and tried, you know, to yeah. keep the bar in line, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And then I've got to practice that and practice that and practice yeah. that. That might yeah. keep the bar straighter or get the better laugh, you yeah. know, like it's always, I imagine the more reps you can put in, like anything, the better you're going to get. Totally. Well, sports always great. Um, analogies you've said you know I've got a background in tennis um, so like that is very similar to stand up you know I, I didn't turn pro but I was pretty good I, yeah, I right. was I was probably just off mm-hmm. um, I was probably just off just off you know what I mean yep. but um, it's very similar mm. you've got to get out do the training and that's what um, stand up is so yeah started doing that in like 2011 and then when I moved to LA I thought fuck it you know just started doing it more mm-hmm. but I kind of went all in with the stand-up. Like I did a full, whether it was good or not, um, <laughs> remains to be seen, but I did a full hour like within three months of starting stand-up, which really? is pretty unheard of. Far out. That's, but that was just every little bit that I'd ever done. Like A lot of people like mine for gold with their yeah. stand-up and keep yeah. the gold. I just... I was, I, I was mining but I kept the water and all the, <laughs> yeah. all the dirt. Kept the gun boots. I was like, yeah, everything's in. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, yeah, man, oh, I, I kind of did an hour show every year um, for three years and then took a break and then came back and did the comedy festivals in like 2016, 2017. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So when you actually got on the stage for the first time, because I want to just, I want to understand the psyche of someone getting into stand-up com- uh, comedy. Sure. So, because, uh, uh, let's say this podcast, for example... You know, me and you, I, I, I don't get, I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous. Who I'm, whoever I'm talking to in the podcast in this form of medium, sure. Um, I could, you know, interview anyone. It wouldn't, wouldn't raise a sweat. But when it came to public speaking, when I first started public speaking a little bit, you know, the idea of actually getting up there, it's everyone's, you know, greatest fear, mm. obviously. So not everyone's. Yeah, not everyone's. Yeah. But like the, the, it's larger than the, the fear be up of there. there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So. Um, and then for me, once I started to break through and started to do it, you know, obviously, like you said, yeah. get reps in and it, it yeah. became more comfortable. But I feel like, like stand up, it's public speaking, but even more so, it must be more terrifying because not only you stand up in front of people and speaking, you got to make them laugh. Mm. Like that is that is really difficult stuff. I would feel like to get your head around. How did you try? You, I feel like you're going to say it was alright. Nah, well. It was all right. Yeah. But, you know, I've just gotten, um, I don't know, man, whether it's like uh, naive youth, but I was just like, whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just did yeah, it. Yeah, that's a great way to be. And like, you know, I just told a story. I got fuck all laughs from memory. <laughs> like, But I remember thinking, yeah, this is this is too easy. Yeah, dead set. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember getting off stage at the Comics Lounge. I did like seven minutes. I told this incredibly offensive story yeah. that if I told today, I'd probably be locked up. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> And I didn't really add too many jokes. And I was just like telling the story verbatim. And then I got off and I said, all right, thank you. <laughs> and then like a lot of the comedians who were there that night, they were like fucking... What just happened? White face backstage. They're like, What's, what was that? And I'm like, not bad, huh? And they're like, was that a true, was that a true story? I mean, what's going on? And I said, no, no, it's a true story. And I just thought I killed. But like, it's not about um, killing or not. It's just about doing it. So oh, that's so, interesting. So then I just went back and I realized that it probably could have gone better. Yeah. But I wasn't like 
deterred one iota. I was just like, yeah, cool. I can yeah, add that. It certainly didn't bomb and it certainly didn't freak you out and it wasn't a, wasn't a bad experience. Nah. I mean, I may have bombed. Yeah. But I, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, and you didn't really care. Nah, I suppose when you've got higher expectations of what you can do when you're used to killing, mm. that's when you go, that didn't go so well. Whereas yeah. if you never reach, if the bar's not high, then yeah, you... Yeah, that's right. Do you know what I mean? Starting from zero. Yeah, that's right. That's why like people who can be fucking just dead set killers and they're, they're, they're used to laughs, 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 and then they still do well, but they don't mm. kill. They can get off and go, terrible geek. Mm. It's all relative. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good way to look at it. Oh, fucking It's a good way to look at anything, really. But also, like, stand-up's just one of those things that as you do it long enough, you've just got to take it like um, the wind, if you can. Like, don't... What do you do, mean by that? Well, just, there's going to be good, good and bad because when yeah. you take chances, yeah. the better you get, I think, the more chances you should take. Yep. Um, and when you take chances, sometimes they're not going to land. Yeah. It's like skateboarding, you know, you're trying to do difficult tricks. You know, and you can't be deterred by that. Yeah. So, each to their own though. I, I know some comedians will never try. Mm. But that's that's, you've got to try and be in touch with, with who you are, with your angle, what um, tools you possess so that you can only you know, understand what you, what you can do. Mm. Do you reckon you're a pretty... Uh, what, how would I say it? I was going to say confident bloke, but do you reckon you're pretty... The other word I was going to say is self-assured, but that's not really what I'm looking for either. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like you're <clears throat> quite confident in your own skin. Is that, would that be a fair Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I am. I'm like very, you know, very... Some people, so myself, for example, I had a mate come on yesterday. He, he did our podcast and he also interviewed me for his health and fitness thing um, around mental health because yep. I'm a real confident, outgoing, gregarious dude. But I also get mad social anxiety and like I've had, you know, stuff like that. Sure. But, but I feel like the little that I know of you and from what you're telling me, especially from stand-up comedy, like the fact that you're out there and you're like, oh, you know, I don't really care. I'm just going out there and telling a story and having a crack. I feel like that tells me that you're pretty, yeah, you're just comfortable in your own skin. You've got to remind yourself though, we're all human. So mm-hmm. like, you know, you've just got to, uh, whether you've got some self-calibrating thing that you can go if you have a bad gig or a good gig you can say to yourself whatever you go fucking it's all good yeah it's all good like I always so it's like in a week you won't and it sounds like a throwaway line but in a week no one will even yeah maybe you you won't remember it it's like people blow things into something they're not and it's just like look just move on Mm-hmm. And if you can't, just keep keep walking and then something else will will appear. Yeah, that's great, man. That's a great way to be. I feel like I feel like people get stuck in procrastination in life, you know? You, uh, you've got to move. Sorry, man, but you've got to move. Like sometimes just go for a walk and that sounds so literal, mm-hmm. but you just need to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And then things will, you know, appear. You'll have ideas or something, you know, like sometimes I'll just go for a walk and I'll be like, fucking hell, man, I'm glad I went for a walk. I feel fucking really good right now mm. um, I'm, I can see what I need to do a bit clearer and I know a lot of people subscribe to that I actually this is a strange tangent that we're, we're going down but I actually am a huge believer in going for a walk yeah because I my previous company um, Adventure Fit we were an adventure travel company for the fitness community so yeah. we take people around the world on holiday but then on those holidays you know there'd be fitness elements and every trip had to have like a big hike a decent hike yeah. you know whether it's a one day two day We've been to Everest Space Camp a number of times, the Kokoda, all that kind of stuff. And some of the best ideas that I've ever had and some of the most times where I've been able to clear my thoughts, you know, better than ever before is when I'm actually just putting one foot after the other. It's quite interesting, yeah. you know, because you just get into that rhythm and you just and you, you have time to think, which you don't actually have much in this life, you know. My day here, coming up here, I was like public transport, on my phone, all right, cool, get off your phone, get off your yeah. phone, put my phone back in my pocket, but I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. You know, like you never actually get that for time sure. to kind of... To, for to sure. Kinda, Dude, yeah, for sure, but we're all... Settle on your thoughts. Yeah, man, <clears throat> God. And like, I think we're all trying to strip that down mm. uh, wherever we're starting from, but we're just trying to... Um, even Rogan, is he decreasing the bandwidth of what you put your brain through? Yeah. Because we can only take in so much per day. So, you know, it's just about... Um, simplifying that but you're going back to the assurance thing I started pretty late you got to remember I kind of yeah. was 20, 27, 28 um, I had some life experience I kind of 
I had some jobs and some businesses and, and coming into it a bit later was much better for me because yep. uh, especially when I moved to LA, I was 30. If I moved to LA, because LA is an all-encompassing beast. Yeah. And you almost just like, it's like you sleep with it on the first night yep. and you do everything. You're like, I would love you forever kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Yeah. So if I went to LA when I was 20, I feel like I might've gone down the wrong path and I certainly wouldn't have been able to um, look at my situation with levity because yeah. I was in some pretty, you know, scary situations. But I always looked at it, um, looked at the funny side of it, and thought, "Oh, I can use this as material." <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. So tell me, tell me, tell me a story. Like you said, "scary" is an interesting word to use. So do you mean scary as in because you were like, you know, running out of cash, kind of like? No, no, like, no. Or you're like- actually like you're. Explain what. What do you mean by that? Oh, just weird things, man. Like you know, like just meeting people off the internet that you've never met, and um, you know, I remember I did one thing. It was like uh, a guy wanted to be picked up from the airport, mm-hmm. and then driven to a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. But I had to pick him up topless, so right. I'm in the car topless. Which, oh yeah, because you're doing the um, you're doing the yeah. But this was a side thing, so this was through Craigslist, which is yeah, like right. you know the dodgy jobs <laughs> oh, website. Know. In LA. A lot of people have been murdered on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. And so then I... Craig. I, Craig's Cra- dead. Craig's dead? Yeah. Are you sure? Murdered. No, it's a joke. Oh, God. Fuck <laughs> I might steal that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so gone. So, um, so I'm actually definitely going to steal that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, just things like that where you're meeting strangers. You never know. There's no... It's not like you can you know, get a police check on these people. So this guy gets in the car and he's just been... It's all good, but you just never know. Mm. You just never know. I've been in other situations with guys in like hotel rooms. I've been flown to San Francisco. Um, and again, you're meeting these people for the first time. Mm. So there's no... It's just... It's a bit of a gamble oh, 100%. with your life. 100%. But I, I was always, again, just like... I trust my perception and, and my instinct at the time. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I've, I've probably I've, I've I've done so much of that stuff to know when I need to get out of a situation. Yeah, no, I, I have to. I, I've I haven't been in you know Craigslist picking up blokes topless and driving them to a bachelorette party, but I've travelled all over the world. You know, I've travelled for probably eighteen months of backpacking. Yeah. In, in, you know, in my twenty-five to thirty period and through Central and South America and Asia and whatever, and I've always really pushed the boundaries of what I can get away with. Yeah. You know, and I always think. You know, I always think that, you know, this will at least create a good story mm. if, I, if I can, you know, wrangle my way out of this one. Yeah. But, um, but then I also am smart enough to just, you know, get away with it, I guess. Yeah. J- j- just to get away with it. But, yeah, I've certainly got a, a, a lot of experiences where I've kind of come in at the end of the night and I've been like, Phew. Yeah. How the fuck do I get through that? Yeah, dude. Because you never know. Mm. You know, fuck it. it. It can be all over like that. But um, I've never been like fucking... One time I took a mate with me as security because I was doing... I think you may have heard about this. I was doing a tickle video. And so <laughs> then I, I... It seemed pretty sus. And I was meeting this guy two hours out of LA in a hotel room. Um, you know, anything could happen. Also, they're tying you up. So once they tie me up, then I'm fucking... You're tied up. It's literally tied up. <laughs> so then I brought um, my mate Marty and I said, Marty, if you come, I'll give you 50 bucks. So yeah. he's like, yeah, great. He's easy buy. <laughs> and then um, he came and sat on the bed and he was just like my kind of security yeah. for the time. But you never know. You just never know. Have you ever... This is a question um, question that I've never really asked anyone, but I've got a couple of circumstances. Have you ever thought to yourself, oh, fuck, I'm dead here. I'm, I might be in real strife. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing a uh, modeling job off <clears throat> Craigslist mm-hmm. for a catalog. I was paying 200 bucks. And like, long story short, he's like, put all your clothes on. I'm going to be taking photos. Um, it was meant to be for a magazine. And then I found out that it was just for practice. He goes, no, no, no. This is just for practice. Right. In case I'm hired by the magazine. Right. I'm like, so oh, at this- that point, were you like? No, then I said to him, have you got the money though? Yeah. And then he goes, yeah. And he popped out the 200 bucks out of his... So, so, like shirt pocket there and I was like fuck you're all good man let's shoot dodgy place to keep money by the way but he did it so well it was like uh, you know those kerchiefs in the suits he yeah, kind of yeah. just flicked it out so you can see <laughs> yeah, all right. four fifties just flashes you flashes you little, like little four green back Thomas. Benjamin yeah yeah but, <laughs> and then whatever the 50 is uh, Thomas Jefferson or something so then like um, I was like let's shoot and then like 
my rule with doing those jobs is never drink the drink and never eat the food just because they might poison it not even a joke so then like he's like put the oil he goes i need to see more oil on your abs and then like he had all this like massage oil and i was like no 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 i don't want to use it and then he kept, said just use it i need to see i was like fuck it what are the chances of so you haven't got did you, this is this is with marty no no no, no, no on no my marty own here. on my own oh dude top level dodgy hotel oh, off a right. of freeway you know like, yeah not hotel. as dodgy <laughs> yeah right um, and then I, I put the oil on and then I, about 10 minutes later, I felt immediately sleepy and I thought I was gone, like genuinely, all jokes aside, thought I was done. I'm like, I'm falling asleep. This bastard's got me. Fuck, this is how it's going to end. And this is it. So I texted my mum. literally said, look, it's, I love you. Um, texted my family, tell them all. And I texted one mate and said, listen, this is it. Um, we've joked about this, but some old fucker has poisoned me come to this hotel in this room and he just didn't write back and then about 15 minutes later I woke I fell asleep on the bed on the bed and then I woke up um and yeah I was just tired I just was I was just like no 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 no. (laughs) you were right bro (laughs) (laughs) no just joking Um, when I say when I say 15 minutes it's probably like 5 minutes but like I remember I woke up and I was just like, and he was just sitting there in the chair, the photographer, and he goes, you you drifted off there, buddy. And I was like, yeah, man, because I, I was working gay bar the night before, so I'd only had like three hours sleep. And I was just like, yeah, man, I'm so tired. Yeah. <sighs> and then like, I was like, yeah, I thought, I didn't say it to him, but, and then he goes, you ready to keep shooting? And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like lying there in like wife fronts and a shark tooth necklace oh, that he made me wear. Fuck, yeah, so like, you, ne- you just never know. I mean... Oh, but that was the man. closest I've come to. That creeps to. me out so there, much. There's so many stories. I mean, I, I again, there's, it just sounds ridiculous, but like I've got a lot of them because mm. I was doing one, one of those weird jobs probably three times a week mm. for about two years. And then mm. I got a normal-ish job yeah. at like a... Um, at like a personal training studio. Oh, yeah. I was Actually, interested to see what your, uh, your, your normal job was. Well, how's this? So... We were doing a, it's a very famous um, Aussie PT studio now in LA. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just say what it's called. It's called Training Mate, right? Mm-hmm. So Training Mate is, it's on the Kardashians. So I was the first trainer there because my right. mate started it. And he said, I don't want a trainer. I just want someone um, easy going. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want all that yeah. mumbo jumbo. Want an Aussie kind of larrikin that people are going to love and Totally, totally. Yeah. So that it was, it's all going really well. It's like a massive thing now. And um, I remember we were doing like a photo at the end of the session that we often did. And there was a girl um, who was under, she's quite short from the UK and she was like kind of in my armpit. Mm. And um, I was like that and then click and I'd go, sorry, um, she won't mind me. Probably, this is called a Dala. So mm. I said, sorry, Dala, um, your, your face was in my armpit. And she said, oh no, I love it. I love armpits and I love <laughs> the smell. She said, can I have another smell? And I go, don't see why not just have another crack and she's like oh that's so fucking delicious Mm, that's fucking I'm like not what I expected and then she walked out she comes back the next day and after the class she's loitering around I'm like Darla what's happening she's like can I have another cheeky sniff like yesterday I can't stop thinking about it and I'm like yeah, come on then. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> but just a quick one. Just so, a quick no, one. I'm like, come on, mate. And then like, she's like, oh, I love it. And I go, sorry, it's a bit smelly. She's like, oh, no, smelly, they're better. I love it. And oh, now then, she's Scottish. Now she's heavily yeah, Scottish. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. all the BOs really changed her accent. Armpits, yeah. So that, this went on <laughs> yeah. for um, two, two, three weeks after every class. And so much so that I had like an audience because I told one of the other trainers, I said, just watch Dala after mm. class, mate. We're doing this armpit sniff. So then I had... <laughs> the thing we got going on. I had like a, uh, all these voyeurs watching. I had like 15 <laughs> looking from the um, reception desk <laughs> and through the crack in the wall, you could see me and Dala's just like going hammer and tong. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then I just said to her at the end, I said, look, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to do this... Um, morally, I'm going to have to charge it like 50 bucks. <laughs> Just a nominal fee. Yeah. A, a yeah, nominal fee to yeah. make it more professional. Yeah. I'm feeling somewhat unprofessional. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she, plus, I'm strapped for cash. I'm, I'm fucking Yeah. Broke. She was, she, anyway, she was fucking loose, mate. Because um, she would have paid in the end, but I saw her. Dala was a dangerous woman. Surely you had sexual relations with this woman? No. 
Nah. She wanted to. Yeah, I bet she yeah, would have wanted to. Um, she's still... <laughs> yeah, anyway, she, she's, uh, she's out there, man. She's, she's way more out there than I thought. Yeah, interesting. I think she lives in her car. I've never, um, I've never actually heard that one before. No, but, uh, dude, I, no, I saw her once and she was in her car and I'm like, what are you doing, you she, was she was at home. No, but this is the thing. Then home. I was like, I saw her once in this car. It was quite a nice car. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I saw her like a few nights later, same spot, same car. And then I was like, she lives, she's living in the car. Mm, yeah. There'd be a lot of that going on in LA, I'd say. Yeah, but she's, she dresses so well. So, I, and she's got money so for that's the, your normal job. That was the normal job that you got. That was for a year, up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that got right. me out of gay bar. <laughs> yeah, you went from, um, yeah. you went from yeah. Craigslist into the gay bar and then into the armpit sniffing yeah. at the, but at the regular gym. So, you at were the, kind of working your way up. Totally. It was good in there. Next would be kind of investment banking, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. The, uh, the, the, the traditional <laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah, the um, LA traditional yeah, progression. Yeah, career but, progression. but all the while I was still... <clears throat> Um, concurrently, you know, trying to make it as like a stand-up or I was doing stand-up, but I was trying to make it as an actor too. So I did yeah. some good, I actually did some good acting stuff. I did um, uh, Anger Management with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, um, right. I did like a show called The Exes with um, Wayne Knight who plays Newman on Seinfeld. Yeah, I did I a show not. called You're the Worst, mm-hmm. which uh, which I'm in a bit, but I don't say a lot. And So I, I did okay, but... Um, I didn't actually plan on leaving LA. I just came back for a wedding with mm. every intention of going back mm-hmm. and I just never went back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so what was the... Like, I mean, you've told all the funny stories and so forth about LA, but going over there and having a crack as a comic and as a, uh, you know, budding actor and so forth, like, mm. what is living in LA like? In the, I feel like it would be very... Never Never Land, very, very strange, weird world to kind of live in. Is, is that the case? Yes. Or how did you kind of find it? Especially professionally, like, yes, what was it, it like? Well, it to depends on your vocation. <clears throat> so, if you're working as you know nine to five job and you've got a pay packet coming in every week, mm. it's going to be a great place to live. Mm. It gets difficult when you 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 know hemorrhaging money yeah. and you haven't got that income. Trying to make it as a creative something, dude. Like dude, that. that's going to get difficult. So, um, and especially if you're going, if you run out of money and you're starting from scratch. As an entertainer, you're going to need to either book something big or just work a day job or something. You need to yeah, do, yeah. which is not easy to find. Um, LA's expensive, sir. It really is. So, but LA, there's always, you know, I call it the uh, the carrot dangling. There's always a carrot being dangled. Mm-hmm. There's never not. It's like gambling. 100%, man. It's, yeah. it's That's why LA's, it's a drug, man. It's, it's such a hopeful city. It's mm. like you're always so close. Yeah. Like when I left LA, I was like, I had like so many... So yeah, many things like, I was so close it. for. I'm make it. Well, not because I was like I'm leaving, and I was really close to being cast in um, Days of Our Lives. That they were saying, "Oh, we want you as this Aussie doctor or some shit." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I got to go back for the wedding." <clears throat> and then they were calling my agent and saying, "No, no, no, we want him." And then I just, my, I was like, "I'm going back unless there's an offer or a contract. I'm going back." Yeah, it's a wedding. Yeah. It's like, I'm not fucking going for holidays, guys. I'm going for a week. Yeah, but they wanted yeah. to start. And I'm yeah, like, well, if you really want to start, then... So you've just got to push back on people and see if um, there's anything under the hood. A lot of the time, they're full of shit. Yeah, for sure. Or they're waiting for another yes from someone above them. Mm. I had like 30 meetings with this one dude who's like kind of a mate, um, was more of a uh, associate back then about this show that we we're going to do. And it was just like... We wasted a lot of time. Yeah, and you've got to do that though. You you get better at seeing whether people um, are full of shit or not. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that it'll test out that um, test out the good bloke radar over there. I guess. What's yeah. one of the? Because I've heard Theo talk about it on his podcast. Because I've listened to all of his all of his shows. He lives in LA, and he always talks about the fact that it's like it's one of the most transient kind of like bullshit kind of. Uh, non-communal areas that you know you can ever be mm. everybody's kind of like everybody's a transaction to somebody else yeah. you know like that's what yeah. he, he said it feels like living in LA although yeah. he's been there for, for a very long time and I mean I don't know very much about LA but I'd imagine it would be just a city filled with just snakes I feel like yes yeah it is well it's snakes and ladders yeah uh, and that's why LA is good because you can hit a ladder mm. uh, and go up real quick 100% but um it's a bit of a bit of an interesting one. I think if you lived your whole life in LA, you just want to make sure that you've got some close friends there that you really trust because yeah. 
um, it's, as you say, it's transient, but it's also transient friendships yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. There are people there that, you know, I was going through some old emails from when I was in LA and people who I was emailing like a lot, like, and I was reading the emails, like, we were good friends. And I don't even remember these people. <laughs> yeah. I do not remember That's them. what I mean about it being just like Never Neverland because I've got a mate who lives over in Bali and he's been over there about 10 years and he's got like two or three mates. Yeah. Really? And he, but he's got a thousand mates. Yeah. But he's like, it's so hard to, he loves it over there. He's got one of the Southeast Asia's biggest and most successful gyms. It's a CrossFit gym, but it's like everyone fucking goes there. They have hundreds of people on, in, in sessions or whatever. And he loves it, but he's like, it's very hard to have a real life because I can't really start a relationship with somebody, whether it's a friendship relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship mm. or whatever, because chances are like, I might have this decent friendship of three months, but then that's probably going to be max. You know, yeah. there's only so little people that are actually staying there for the long haul. Yeah. Bali, as a, as a Westerner. Yeah. It's always just a stopgap, yeah. you know? So, but for him, it's not. So for him, it's been quite, he's a real attractive dude, real nice guy. He's about 40 years old and he's single and he had a missus for a while, but she went back to Finland or wherever it was. It's just, yeah. it's kind of tough, you know? Yeah. It's kind of tough for him. And he's got this business that's pumping over there, but he's always like, fuck. And he actually grew up in um, LA. So he's kind of been, he grew up in Orange County, which is kind of like a place that you kind totally. of can, can grow up and have a, a, a community, I guess. It's yeah. kind of out of the out of the actual Hollywood-esque part of LA. But yeah, so I imagine it would be quite a weird place to live your life and settle down really but I mean if you're there for a few years and trying to boost a career or just trying to have fun I imagine it would be the best place on the planet to be yeah it's good to like just FIFO and then jump out you know what I mean like yeah. um, I think if you grow up in LA it's the upside is you're used to it but it's mm. a fucking jungle yeah for sure it's you not know? a pretty city no it's like um, block to block yeah it's a gross especially city, but like you know you can see like Darrow's and, oh, like, you can see, and yeah, then the yeah, next block though it's like fucking beautiful beautiful yeah no yeah, uh, I just I feel like it's a very much a concrete jungle LA like I remember I've been there probably five or six times only for sh- uh, small periods when I'm kind of going through to somewhere else but I remember getting there for the first time and I was like walking around on the boardwalk and you know whatever I'm like where's this Californian beach culture mm. that I've been promised no but that's all down in San Diego which yeah. is fucking unbelievable or Malibu yeah Malibu's not bad oh, but yeah. it's you're not going to get it in Venice <clears throat> the, the beach there's no good yeah Malibu's Slightly better. Yep. Uh, and you see a lot more celebrities. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I remember Malibu's sort of, up near where all the um, hills and stuff are, isn't it? There's good hiking up. Yeah, man. There's fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool there. I went hiking up um, one of the canyons up past Malibu one time when I was over there, I believe. Dude, it's um, awesome. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. So, did you do much travel when you were over there or the rest of the state? Not really, man. I mean, um, barely any. Like, I did, had a job in Miami. I went to New Orleans. I uh, went to San Diego for that dude's shoot. Um, and that's about it. Gotcha. You know, so I, I'm thinking about going over there at the end of this year and just doing, like I mentioned before we started recording, doing a little bit of LA and maybe New York. I've never actually been to New York, which is yep. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it's always one of those things. It's like, I've got to go there this year and it's like, fuck, 2019's almost over. So mm. I want to mm. at least have, you know, fill the sandwich a bit more. Yeah, yeah. New York's hard when you're in, um, New York's hard when you're in the US because I feel like you have to be going to New York and back home from New York or otherwise right. it's a it's just a separate trip it's like going to Perth yeah. from here you know it's like going it's a five hour flight from LA to New yeah. York it's just a prick yeah you know what I mean five yeah. hours isn't that bad but, no I know but I, always, I always say the same thing like fuck I want to go back to New York I was there for a few days three days but it was on the end of one of my adventure fit trips with my, 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 my company and it was at the very um, early stage so I had no systems I had no support in the back end or whatever so I had three days one of them we took some people to Niagara Falls one of them was a day where we got a oh, we, we had a very small period of time at the Natural, National History Museum and then a little bit of time at Central Park and the next day I was on the trip everyone else was doing free time and I was just cracking out um, cranking out admin yeah. So I really didn't say, I saw like six hours of, of um, New York, mm. which really sucked, you know, because yeah. I, I really got a good vibe from the city. Yeah. But every time I've been back over the, the States, it's like, yeah, I just feel like I could go to San Fran or San Diego or, you know, go check out Houston or Austin and yeah. New York's fucking, it's a whole nother trip away, I feel like. Yeah. But I just feel like if I don't go this year, then when do I go? So next year and flights are cheap at the moment. Once you go, you know, there's, there's a lot on at the start of next year. Yeah. I feel like... I can maybe go, but I just, again, I just don't want to go for the sake of just going and blowing money. 
I would um, kind of bank in some stand-up, bank in some podcasts to record and then try and, you know, I'd probably do some crazy jobs too. No, seriously, <laughs> yeah. I would. Get a bit more collateral for the, uh, for the, for the performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got to sure. keep adding to the material. Um, yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, again, I'm still remembering stories, you know, like, like a war veteran. I'm still... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet. Well, what have I got in here? I think we've pretty much... Um, covered most, oh, good. Of the, most of the business we wanted to uh, i wanted to touch on but um so what about for the future for you then ash like you you're obviously i feel like you're a guy that um just loves to make people laugh make people smile i guess you're a performer like what what's the future hole for you where would you like to see yourself in five or ten years i don't know about five or ten years oh, but you know, i, I just yeah no it's such a tough question yeah, to ask i mean question. i think um you just want to have moved forward mm-hmm. you know and um I want to have gotten uh, all of my stories, you know, out in, in some way, shape or form, either like, you know, through a stand-up special or like books or whatever the fuck it is. And then, um, you know, still creating those stories. You know, I just want to be having and sharing moments with people yeah, that I find are. funny and hopefully they do too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just about, I'm pretty lucky, man. I'm pretty lucky. But, you know, um, it, it is a business though, mate. You got to, you got to fucking, um, you got to, put the foot to the pedal and make sure you're doing the right things. And, and I drive pretty hard in the, in that area, but you can always drive harder, Yeah, you know? Um, just about, um, yeah, I suppose I want to be richer in, in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, nice one. Um, all right, cool. Well, mate, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I feel like that was a, just a great story of um, having a crack, you know? Like you've had a crack. If I was to sum you up in one in one word, yeah. you're like, you know what? I just want to create a life that I want to live and make people smile, and make people laugh, and whatever. Mm. And I'm gonna fucking do whatever I can to, to make it happen, and you're making it happen. So, yeah. mate, I wish you all the all the fucking. Well, mate, you too. No, seriously, man. I think uh, we can all do it. Yeah. And um, you know, you've got to keep having a crack. Yeah, that's it. You got to take take the first step. You know, I'm entrepreneurially. That's kind of me. You're you're, you're a performer. You know, I, I, the thing that makes me sad is people that procrastinate and they don't think they can do it and they don't take that step you know i was surfing with a buddy last weekend and uh he was talking to me about how he's always wanted to start his own business and work for himself and he's missed too many just loves surfing started surfing late yeah and misses too many good waves because he's working for somebody else and it, it frustrates him and pisses him off and he's a real smart guy mm. and there's a million things that he could be doing you know but i think he's just stuck in that you know procrastination stage where he's just hasn't taken that step to have a crack at whatever it is that he that he's passionate about you know so um, but I think you're a good example of someone who's having a red hot crack. Yeah, it's an interesting. I saw like a um, one of those inspo uh, graphs, and it was just. I'll just share this with you because I found it really interesting. It's like just the three variables. You may have seen it: time, health, and wealth. Yeah. And you know, when we're in the first third of our life, mm-hmm. we've got uh, lots of time, lots of health, no wealth. Middle, uh, no time, mm-hmm. health, and wealth. And then at the end, uh, we've got time wealth but no health yeah so you want to try and take advantage when you've got all three pillars yeah. and that's that's in that that's in that middle t- area yeah i agree yeah i totally agree and um all right well that's a nice one to end on so so ash where can people find you anything you want to plug social medias things you got going on just um my instagram ash williams one my website ashwilliams.com.au got uh, podcasts the ash williams show i do a lot of other podcasts uh, team effort but it's all there um, doing yes. any topless, uh, topless Craigslist stuff while you're, over here, uh, while you're home? I'll or? be doing some topless stuff in LA if you're there. <laughs> um, if, uh, if you want that, let me know. If, if I owe you money from last time, please don't <laughs> message me. Uh, I'll be trying to avoid you. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty active with like in terms of getting back to people and stuff too. So yeah, cool. feel free to message and, uh, and let me know that you heard about me on this. Cause it's always good for me to, to track where people hear you from. Yeah, you, sure. you never bloody know. 100%. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thanks, Doc. Ash, thanks Cheers, for bro. Thank the you, show, man. Mate. No worries. And uh, that's a wrap. Alrighty, gang. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that show, please support us. Um, ways you can do that is you can support us by subscribing on all good podcasting platforms. Uh, if that's the way you want to do it, maybe just, you know, Maybe do it, then just like steal, you know, your mum's phone, your dad's phone, your brother's phone, whoever you're with, 
maybe just even go into an iPhone store and <clears throat> just you know open up their phones, hit subscribe. Um, that'd be great. Just bumps up our numbers. Um, you know, fake downloads are as good as real downloads. Let's be honest. And um, yeah, you can also subscribe on YouTube uh, at Bill Kerr TV. Same deal. You know, borrow someone else's computer. Just set up a few fake Gmail accounts if you really want to really want to support us and you know get as many subscribers across the line for us as you can. And uh, and also you can support us by supporting our sponsors. So True Protein, head to trueprotein.com.au. Use the code BRO for 10% off. Head to au.yeti.com forward slash bro for uh, anything cooler related and outdoor wear related. Yeti are the only place to go. And head to athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A for 20% off on staffing solution services. This has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. See you next week.